avoid messy accidents, get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Well, it's a Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. And we have a great show for you tonight. Jets lose again. Few quarterbacks have really bad days. And we also talk about Josh Allen and the Bills. But we're going to begin today's show discussing the L.A. Rams. Odell Beckham decided to sign with them, giving them a plethora of talent now. Despite losing to the 49ers on Monday Night Football 31-10, They seem to have everything they need to win this year. Von Miller, non-factor in the game, but we assume that he is going to get to his elite pass rusher style. So I ask you, Z, what will stop Matt Stafford from delivering a Super Bowl to L.A.? In short, Matt Stafford. (laughs) So... You know, we didn't even touch on... Let's touch on the Odell Beckham thing because, you know, he cleared waivers. We had our... We had our ideas of where we thought he would go based on need, based on style. And the Rams didn't seem like a likely fit at the time. Just because... And or third banana, as it were to Cooper Cup and also Robert Woods. Now, with the Robert Woods, that definitely opens up some touches for Odell Beckham Jr. going forward, along with Ben Jefferson. It's see where this is going to go, because Beckham... Only had two catches for 18 yards. Yes, it was a short week. Yes, he's unfamiliar with the system. He's trying to get, you know, acclimated in a short time. He was going to, he said he was going to uh, return punts. At least that's what uh, the genius said he was going to do. But um, in short, Matthew Stafford is going through a Detroit Matthew Stafford moment for two consecutive games. So he needs to clean up his mess, cut down on turnover. The one was a bad overthrow to Beckham. The other one, tip ball the line, just you know, ended up in the defender's arms, and it was taken back to the house. So, you know, a fluky, but this is trending in a bad direction. If you are the Los Angeles Rams, your defense got exposed. 
You're down one of your main weapons. Stafford is turning into the Thanksgiving turkey. Who knows what Beckham is going to do to this locker room? So, it's a risky... This team is ready to go. It's a win-now team. There, there are no excuses. No so, it, and they've not, they've, exactly, right? That Les Sneed's kids got him the uh, that coffee mug said "fuck them picks," and clearly, clearly he is living up to that mantra. But um, yeah, Matthew Stafford just needs to stop being Matthew Stafford from Detroit. He needs to be the Matthew Stafford from earlier in the year, and that is going to at least get them back into the conversation. Because right now, I I am not confident about what I'm seeing out of the Rams. Well, I mean, we talked about this, right? We've been talking about it for weeks. It's like, you know, nothing really changed with Matt Stafford. I mean, he is who he is. He's got a big arm. He's a very, he's a good player. But all those years in Detroit, he had talent. Maybe not the best coaching, maybe not the best situation, but he was a, he, he had one of the best receivers for that time on his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not being able to beat divisional opponents will certainly hurt their chances, right? You know, for the second straight week, he throws a pick six. And again, it really wasn't his fault. I'm not going to put it all on him. Um, they're currently one and two in the division. They seem to be like a team that's going to play better when they have a lead. So their pass rushers can rush the quarterback. Now Aaron Donald is more than just a pass rusher. He, he does clog the gaps for the run game, uh, but he pushes the pocket very well. And Von Miller, let's just be real. He got bodied by Kittle in the game. Bodied. Uh, and he's coming off an injury. His first game back, he will cut him some slack, but... I mean, their linebackers are average. Their secondary is good, but that's mainly because of Jalen Ramsey. They just seem like a bunch of players right now. They don't they don't seem like an actual team. Now, they're going to go on a bye, but I, I don't know if Sean McVay has the ability to pull this team together and play like a team. Because let's not forget, Jeff Fisher was there before he brought the Rams to the Super Bowl. So he kind of brought Jeff Fisher's team to the Super Bowl, right? You got a collection of talent, collection of stars, but Washington Redskins have played this game before. That doesn't always amount to a championship. I'll defend Matt Stafford and say there were drops. There were bad plays. Not everybody played their best. The 49ers were not messing around. They went... I believe on two drives that were more than 11 plays long and the Rams could just not stop them. I mean, I have the Rams defense as my fantasy defense and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, wow, Jimmy G just like, wow, Brandon Ayuk, okay, Debo Samuel, okay. They had two running backs running, running. There was nobody stopping anybody in that game. So I, I don't think it's panic time. They're clearly going to be like at least a wild card team because, you know, the Cardinals are falling right now. Seahawks really aren't that good. So, you know, they should be okay. But this whole idea that they were going to blow everybody out and they were going to build kings of the castle because they got Odell Beckham Jr. 
It's just not going to happen. And you could almost see this story happening, right? Where where they get to a divisional game or they get to a conference championship and they got to play Tom Brady. And what are you going to do? What are well, you going to do? For me, it's not even that they're going to be playing Tom Brady. It's not even that they're going to be playing uh, Dak Prescott, right? They got the ball rammed down their throats. 44 rushes, 156 yards. You don't think Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are watching that with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott? Shit. They are are prepared to run every damn down with those two guys. Playoff Lenny. You you don't think Playoff Lenny is licking his chops going against this soft-ass defense? Right. It's there. It's there. Yeah, it says, and so there's a blueprint to beat them, you know. And I granted, I think if you're a team that's reliant or the, on the pass, and you are down or behind, the Rams could be a problem for you. But if we're neck and neck, and I can run my offense, I don't know if they're that formidable. But right. a team that's not formidable at all are the New York Jets. Josh Allen rebounded nicely by destroying them. And another team that we were a little uncertain about last week, Dak and the Cowboys rebounded themselves by pulverizing the Falcons at home. So which win was more important for their team? The Jets getting destroyed by Josh Allen and the Bills or Dak and the boys taking down Atlanta? Both of them were total ass whoopings. Let's just call it what it was. The Cowboys had something to prove last week, and you could tell because they did not take their foot off the gas. You know, Zeke had two touchdowns, rushing touchdown. Dak Prescott threw for a touchdown. I believe they also had a punt return for a touchdown. So like, they were on fire. But here's why it's the Bills. It's not because of who they because I guarantee you if you get if you get the Cardinal Spellman pilots right now, they can probably take it to the Jets a little bit. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Jerry. Um, but for me, it's a bigger win for the Bills because the Patriots, are keeping pace. This is what you were had to be scared of when you you know were talking all that junk, not you, but royal you about the Patriots and where they were going to be. All oh, their one and three, they're not that good. They're clicking at the right time. This is exactly what Bill Belichick wanted to do. The league has once again played into the hands of the mad genius. So, the Bills do everything in their power to make sure that they keep enough distance between them and the Patriots to secure that buy or secure the number two behind Tennessee. So that way, they'll have home field advantage and they'll be able to kind of dictate terms because Dallas there's really nobody in that division right it's 
three scrub teams and the Dallas Cowboys. The football team, huge disappointment. The Eagles are what the Eagles are, and the Giants, they're just happy to be here at this point. And how bad do the Raiders look now because of what the Giants did to them and then what the Chiefs did to them this past week? But that's a not complete non sequitur. So the Falcons are going nowhere. The Cowboys did what they did. The Bills, they need to keep their distance from the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this. I mean, the Broncos went into Dallas and almost shut them, almost really shut them out. And Dallas kicked around Atlanta. Like, Atlanta was a junior varsity team. Um, Buffalo beat the Jets. The, 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 you know, they, their team... Their team was their team's in over their head already. Like they're not they're not any good. Atlanta's won some games. Atlanta showed some promise. Uh, Jets have been going backwards since Mike White beat the Bengals. So to me, Atlanta is a much more competent team. That was a victory that the Cowboys really needed. They really needed to flex their muscles against them. And now they can move on to this week where they they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's definitely looking like a more formidable matchup since now the Cowboys and Chiefs seem to have righted the ship somewhat. I mean, we'll see how they do against each other. But the Jets, like, we had hope. We, we You had hope that Mike White fever. And in sports talk radio circles, it's been, it was being compared to Linsanity. So what are your thoughts on that? Because Mike White... <laughs> 24-44, no touchdowns, four picks, 251 yards, benched for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is now starting this week. I mean, what are your thoughts on the sorry, no account Jets? I mean, my the whole thing is this. is Mike White went up against the number one defense in the NFL. All right. Two picks, to me, two picks in my opinion, weren't really his fault. Did I expect him to beat the Bills? I was hoping he did. I didn't think it was going to be as shellacking the way it was. But how much of this comes down comes down on the coaching staff? And then Sala has the audacity to say this week at a press conference, oh, you know, it was great having a veteran presence in the quarterback room. Ah, we're going to go with Joe Flacco this week against the Miami Dolphins because he's a veteran. He's going to be able to handle their, their zero blitzes. It's like, dude, the Dolphins are last in the league against the pass. The, the Bills are the number one defense in the league. Like, why would you start Joe Flacco against the worst defense and let Mike White play against the best defense if... Flacco is the reason why you're this. I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's like, what is going on? Is this guy not talking to his GM? Is this guy not talking to his PR department before he takes the podium? It's like, what are you talking about? How could you? How could you come to the podium and say all this stuff? And the immediate question should have been like, well, how come Joe Flacco wasn't in camp with you? How come you gave up a six-round pick for him? How come he wasn't starting? If you thought. He was going to give you the best chance to win. And I think this team needs to figure out, like, what what is the purpose of the rest of the season, okay? Because 
we know what Joe Flacco is. We know what Joe Flacco was. Joe Flacco is a former Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's on the ends of his career. He might not even work next week. We don't we don't really know. You don't know what you have with Mike White. Like why wouldn't you let him play against the Dolphins? Play against a divisional opponent. Let's see what this is. Instead, no, they want it to be fluff so that Joe Flacco plays, what, okay against the Dolphins, wins, might win, doesn't win, doesn't matter. Next weekend, they give Zach Wilson a cupcake because he's coming to get back and he plays the Texans, which I think is a bad idea to send a guy with a bad knee down to the Texans, uh, down to Houston to play on that field because everybody tears up their knee on that field. So I think it's a terrible idea. And then... Stephon Diggs goes for almost 200 yards receiving. And the question was posed to Salah after the game. He's like, oh, how come you guys didn't double Diggs? Oh, that wasn't part of the game plan. That's not the scheme. Hello? Are you kidding me? You, he's killing you. He's changed the scheme. It's not working. Is that really your excuse? We didn't want to change the scheme? Come on, man. Like, what are you talking about right now? Are you just going to let this guy torch you for 200 yards and two touchdowns? Like, I, you're a defensive guy. You're giving up 45, 31, 54. When is enough enough? When are we going to see what you're doing here? We have seen no promise. There's, there's no, The only promise is Mike White, and you're benching him this week. I mean, come on. I, I, I'm spent. No, well, you're, you have every right. To, no, you have every right to feel the way you feel. Uh, it's a combination of the factors, you know? This is... Robert Sala's mess, but he is inheriting the garbage. Oh, don't give me that bullshit. Don't give me that he's inheriting that. I don't want to hear it. It's not play competent football. It's not competent, Z. It's not it's, competent. Why the guy's is it got not... 100 He's got 176 yards receiving. Put two people on him. Well, here's why. Here's why. Douglas is putting this team together. Robert Sala is only coaching what is there so we still have no idea what they are and if they're showing us what they are then this is more an, an indication Joe Douglas is as a talent evaluator so if you, you can put people in the best position to win and they still can't do it because they're not talented enough we still don't know if Denzel Mims is good. <laughs> they don't let him play. They don't let him play. <laughs> they don't let him play. But at the same time, the draft picks that he has made, how many of them are actually still on the team? That first draft class. Two? I know more than Carolina. Everybody seems to be going from the Jets to Carolina. So. Then they ask him. They ask him, oh, are you going to assume you know, uh, defensive play calling duties because the defense is getting destroyed. No, we're going to stick with the defensive coordinator. So what, so what changes are you making, Robert? Like what, what are you doing to win next week? You're bringing in Joe Flacco who got beat by the Dolphins 24, nothing last year when he played against them through three, three, two, three interceptions. And there was five turnovers in the game. Like what, what did Joe Flacco do last year that he's going to do better this year? It's the same defense. They got the same players. There's no difference on Miami. No, there is no difference on Miami. It, the only difference is is that 
they're they might steal the Jets may steal a win. They could, the, yeah, they sure, could. sure, sure. They, they, he, because they're so unsettled at the quarterback position. Tua is shook right now, even and then he has the bad finger. Brissett may get burned because Tua has a bad finger, but Brissett's also and they totally foobarred this whole situation when they decided they wanted to go big game hunting and courting Deshaun Watson. So that room was lost a long time ago. So the Jets can very well... I mean, we sincerely overrated the Dolphins. Right? We we thought they were going to be bad. Not as terrible as they've become. This team had playoff aspirations, at least minor playoff aspirations, based off of last year, and they totally have underachieved. So the, the Jets could easily pick them off. Flacco, if they could keep him upright, I mean, he'll give them as much of a chance to win as Mike White would have. I don't want to hear Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and this because at the end of the day, the Jets don't push the ball down the field anyway. Like if you see how Elijah Moore plays, if you, I mean, he's their number one right now. Everything is underneath. And Jones. They run with the they run deep with the receiver, and the Jets just don't play that. The the one guy who can do that can't get his ass off the bench. So it's a friggin' shit show, and that's putting it mildly. And well, yeah. he's a you know, and what more can you say about Sala? Like he's doing what he can with what he's got, and he's you know now all of a sudden answering the critics like Rex Ryan. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. Well, Mike White certainly didn't have a good day, but there are a bunch of other quarterbacks that didn't have a good day either. Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, Jeff Goff. uh, I mean, they were were abysmal, right? I mean, you had uh, Russell Wilson lost 17-0 against Green Bay. He's not won a game in Wisconsin since college. Mayfield lost to the Patriots in Foxborough 45-7 and left the game with a with a leg with a knee injury. Again, we were talking about Mike White. He was picked off four times against the Bills and had to be taken out for in the fourth quarter. And Jared Goff at 54 yards passing at halftime and tied the Steelers on Sunday. So, Z, I ask you, which quarterback had the worst weekend? Well, they were all abysmal. You know, it's 
Mike White, I mean, what'd you expect? We've gone over it. The number one overall deep. And, you know, the four picks are unsightly. 50 yards. So, in that regard, okay. There was a little modicum of success. A little something that you can hang your hat on. Russell Wilson, first game back from injury. Finger was shaped like a, a shepherd's crook at one point. Had to be insert, had to have a pin inserted, and you know, you know the tractors of the world. It's kind of hard to uh, to say that Geno Smith couldn't have done better than forty for one sixty one and two picks. That's a legend superstar of the week kind of territory. I. I tend to forgive Russell Wilson because it is his first week back. So that leaves you with Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. Jared Goff, how how do you go from taking a team to the Super Bowl? You go from that to falling drastically to where you had... yards at halftime and he only threw for 114 total yards yes I understand that they're that the Lions are winless but it's they're trying they're actively trying but it's just they're the quarterback is not there and Baker you know 11 to 21 for 73 got knocked out of the game had a touchdown had a pick Got knocked out with an of the most. I mean, the numbers are the most gaudy, but I'm gonna have to go with Jared Goff just from the simple fact of like it was just so mediocre that you just it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I'm going with Jared Goff as well. Like you said, this guy played in a Super Bowl a few years ago when he finds himself <laughs> running for his life on a daily basis as a member of the Detroit Lions. Uh, the talk is that he might even play this week. I don't know if he's faking an injury, but he's just like, <laughs> I'm really just done. I'm just, I'm not going back out there. You can't make me go out there. Um, uh, on something. Cut me did open. You see the, did, you see the, did you see the overtime in that game? It was awful. It was like it was both teams just didn't want to win. They couldn't even get first downs. It didn't look like anybody to win the game. It was uh, Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. It was just like, jeez. I know, but they also had an excuse because they had Mason Rudolph. They had a backup in. What was Detroit's excuse? They had their starter. They had their guy, in theory. So, it's just great. And, yeah. So, uh, to go back to Russell Wilson for a second, do you think he rushed himself back a little soon? Or do you think Pete Carroll's coaching a little tight right now? No, I think he was too soon. Packers do play very good defense, but um, I've I've hurt I've hurt my finger on my throwing hand, and you just don't feel confident delivering the football where you want it to go. It can, and the worst part about it is it is it doesn't go down, it goes up. So you sail passes, and that's the ones that get picked off, you know. And he's a kind of guy that prides himself on. You know, if you think about Russell Wilson, he doesn't thread the needle. You know, he 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 throws fastballs. You know, and 
and most of the time there's space between him and his receivers so he probably really just doesn't trust his finger at this point he doesn't trust his arm they're going down Seattle Seattle's not heading in the right direction who are they going to beat they're not going to go out there and beat the Rams or beat the Cardinals or or even um, really really beat the 49ers so I think they're going down that pick is going to turn out to work out for the Jets and um well, in theory, yes, but do you trust? Is the question? No, no. no. <laughs> and, and staying in that, staying in that division a little bit, uh, you know, Arizona's lost two of the last three, and the Patriots seem to be surging. Which team do you believe more in at this point in the 2021 season? Well, the Arizona Cardinals right now are just ravaged with injury to critical players. Chase Edmonds is on IR. Has been injured. DeAndre Hopkins has been injured. And Colt McCoy was injured in this past weekend's game. They had to go... So, you can give Arizona a pass in that regard that you're down to your third-string quarterback. Of course, you know, you're not going to be where you need to be. So, for me, I believe more in the Patriots right now because they're healthy. They are humming on all cylinders. Arizona, once Murray and Hopkins come back... They're going to need to get back into rhythm with the rest of the team. But if you're looking at the Pats, right? 14 yards per game, about 242. Okay, it's good enough. 114 and a half rushing yards, good enough. What the page is complementary football. Offense, defense, special teams, daring you to beat them. That is what the Patriots do. That is the Patriots way that they've been doing it for 20 years now. Like It's an institution. And they're playing high-level defense. They're scoring. Matt Jones making everybody look stupid right now. Taking this guy. I was having a conversation earlier with uh, regarding the Zach Wilson thing and just like it was the wrong pick the Jets fell in love with the pro day you had a full body of of Mac Jones staring you in the face in a pro day you're in a sh- you're in shorts you're not getting hit conditions are almost you had a full body of work on Mac Jones. He was the most NFL ready. He is the most NFL ready. And it week in and week out. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots as well. Uh, first of all, they've been in every game they've played this year, except for one, in which they lost by two scores, and that was to the Saints. Uh, their losses have come against good teams for the most part, except for the Dolphins. 
You know, they lost to Dallas by six. They lost to the Bucks by two. And then they lost to the Miami by one. But that was early. Um, and then in the last two games, they outscored their opponents 69 to 13. They are healthy. They don't turn the ball over. They have a better coach. I just don't trust the Cardinals. Um, the rotting carcass of James Carter, Connor runs the ball. Murray's hurt. Hopkins is hurt. Their quarter, their quarterback's a baseball player, and their coach <laughs> looks like he's a barista. So, I mean, I am just yeah, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with the surging Patriots. How could you How could you count them out? No, and that's the thing. The Patriots rely solely on passing anymore. You know, with Brady, you he can make up for a lot of mistakes, but you have Stevenson, you have Harris, you have a very good running game in New England. Something that's not really talked about because of you know the, all the investments made in the Hunter Henrys and the Johnu Smiths and the Kendrick Bournes and money spent this past year. They brought, they have a very underrated running game, and. We know that Belichick likes to run the ball. Go all the way back to Corey Dillon. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. Always a run game established. Of late, it hasn't been that great. But they are getting back to fundamental Patriot football. They are dangerous, dangerous out in the playoffs. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Uh, one Patriot quarterback to a former Patriot quarterback. Cam is back! And he let everybody know. Scoring two touchdowns on his first two plays, he walked up to the camera and screamed, I'm back, and took his helmet off, and it was great. Can Cam make a difference on the Panthers at this point in his career? Well, define a difference, really. I mean, is it going to be the Cam won the MVP and took the Panthers to the Super Bowl at this age and with the repeated shoulder injuries? No. But if you're looking for a veteran steady presence who knows how to run an offense then absolutely because what are we looking at here we're looking at Sam Darnold who was meh Sam Darnold is meh and he'll always be meh and PJ Walker who didn't really get much of an opportunity but what he did get he didn't impress this team runs on Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard. 
those that's what makes the offense go. Then you can establish your DJ Moores and your Robbie Andersons and go from there. But they need to attack with their legs. And Cam Newton brings that element to the quarterback position. We saw it a little bit from Sam Darnold, but not enough that, you know, you were you were wowed by it. At one point he was leading the rushing touchdowns, but like that's long since gone. But Cam Newton just if he can dink and dunk his way down the field and make sure he gets the ball to McCaffrey and to Hubbard he can definitely guide them to at least a wild card. I don't see why it could, he couldn't. But to me, the X factor, as usual, is Christian McCaffrey. Can you really count on this guy? And frankly, the answer is no. Well, I think we're going to find out this weekend. Uh, he's going to play against his old coach, Ron Rivera, who didn't want him despite losing Ryan Fitzpatrick early in the season. Decided to stick with Taylor Heineke instead of going with the former MVP. If he's able to throw the ball to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, they're going to have success because McCaffrey is back. I know you don't trust him. He's back. He's there. He's catching passes. He amassed for over, uh, I think, over almost 150 total yards in the last game. They get the Dolphins after they play the Redskins. That's a layup. Then they get the Falcons. A little bit of a speed bump, but I think they could beat the Falcons. And then they get the Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. That's the <clears throat> run towards the end of the season. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I like Cam. I've always been a fan of Cam. And you think about, like, <laughs> you think about the Panthers sitting at home. Like, if they lost Sam Darnold two weeks ago. Oh, no. Um, let, me, let me start over. If the Panthers lost Sam Darnold on uh, in, back in October... Hmm, should we sign Joe Flacco or should we sign <laughs> Cam Newton? Ah, oh, this is a tough one. I think we're going to go with Cam Newton. Like, come on. Like, he's he's clearly going to be – he's going to – and then their team plays defense, right? Panthers play defense. Oh, hang on, hang on. Now, if I'm choosing between Joe Flacco and Cam Newton for this particular offense, I have a little pause there because – if I'm trying to get the ball downfield, Joe Flacco still has some arm on him. He can still get the ball down the field further. It's a question of whether or not he can be upright. So if, if, you're, if you're getting that deep ball to Robbie Anderson, I'm going to go. I'm going to trust Joe Flacco more than I trust Cam Newton and the arm that we've seen from him in New England. Yeah, I so, mean, Miami, Miami's definitely licking their chops this weekend. They can't wait to get the pinata that is Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> but listen, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this next segment. I mean, we teased baseball free agency last week, but we did not really dive into it. We got a great class of shortstops out there. We got Seager, Correa, Baez, Story, and Simeon, who are all listening to offers from teams right now. Where do you think each of these guys end up? That's a fantastic question because you have a lot of movement going on right now because of the simple fact that there's going to be a labor shortage. There, there's going to be a lockout. It's inevitable. So inevitable. It's inevitable. It, it is Thanos. It is inevitable. They are going to lock these guys up because who knows when 
this is going to end. And who knows? You're going to get into camp. So, as as fits go, kind of have to kind of take it one player at a time. The best of the bunch, talent-wise, is probably Carlos Correa. He's yeah. he's probably going to give you the biggest upswing. Yes, he has a back issue, which does give you a little bit of pause, and it should. But for a shortstop, shortstop for sure. I mean, sticky in the American League. I, I would if if I'm Carlos Correa, I'm sticking in the American League because if my back starts flaring up, I can transition to DH because. We still don't know if there will be a universal DH this coming season if and we have a coming season. So, with that, I think mean, you always want to at the Yankees, right? The Yankees are always going to be that sexy team that guys will kind of use as leverage or just t- flat out take the money. And Carlos Correa can definitely be that kind of guy. Um all depends on what he wants to do. I can see the Yankees definitely being aggressive on Carlos Correa and possibly landing the big fish. But they already have the chemistry problem in that locker room. And I don't know if adding Carlos Correa... But And, and for me, I would prefer Corey Seager on the Yankees because he's left-handed. And that is important. I don't know how much he wants to come East Coast, though. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but with with Corey Seager, though, like with that left-handed bat, it definitely plays a lot better because of how right-handed that lineup was until they got Rizzo and Gallo. Javi Baez, please go back to the Cubs. Stay away from the Mets. Just go back to the Cubs. We'll take the L on that one. And... You just via con Dios. Chicago, they want, they just want to enjoy El Mago. So please go. It's fun. Trevor Story. To me, this depends on whether or not Carlos Correa ends up with the Yankees, because the Blue Jays can certainly use Story as a second baseman to go along with Bo Bichette if they lose Marcus Simeon. The White Sox can use him as a second baseman because we don't know. I mean, Nick Madrigal might not be healthy this year. Might be a really good fit, actually. Trevor Story to the south side of Chicago. I think that would be a really good option. And ah, this is tough for Marcus Simeon. He was going to... He's probably finish third in the MVP voting this next season and there really is no lot around the league now would you go would you possibly go to the Tigers I mean the Tigers seem to be trending upward they just signed Eduardo Rodriguez they traded for Tucker Barnhart they're trying to infuse that young core of players with a veteran presence but if you do that you know you're not for the foreseeable future. Same thing if you go to the Angels, same if you go to the the Twins, so on and so forth. The A's might be rebuilding, so I don't think that's such a hot idea either. Marcus Simeon? I mean, the Mariners could be a nice fit. 
the Seattle Mariners could u- always use a big bat coming in the middle of that lineup, and they're on the come. So that might be a very good get for Jerry Depoto. But I definitely see them all kind of hovering American League. I don't really see them maneuvering to the National League at any point. Yeah, I said. I mean, after Correa made his comments about Derek Jeter's gold gloves, I think his chances of signing with the Yankees are pretty slim now. Uh, I'm gonna. I think Simeon to Seattle makes sense to me. Baez back to the Cubs are the only team that really yeah. likes him. Seager to the Yankees. Uh, Story is the one I got hung up on too. I can. I. I like your. I like the White Sox for him. How about St. Louis getting in there? They could probably yeah. one more. He's one more player, right? And Correa, Correa screams to me Toronto. I mean, it just Toronto's looking to spend money. They were trying to get Verlander. They're 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 going for it. Yeah, um, but if you're if you're the Blue Jays at that point, do you move him to second base or yeah. who's moving? Yeah, you move him to second base because uh, where's Biggio play? Biggio doesn't play second base, right? He plays the outfield. Biggio plays. He's kind of a super utility at this point. So, yeah, so, so, and he's not as good. Um, and I could also see Correa going to the Angels because it's time. It's payday, right? Now it's time to get paid. I got, you know, I, he's already got his World Series ring. So, go to LA. It's going to be great for you. So that's where I really see um, these guys ending up but anything can happen and stick it and stick it with baseball uh they started to hand out their hardware uh 2020 awards were started giving out yesterday continue today uh robbie ray wins the al cy young corbin burns wins the nl cy young uh manager of the year goes to kevin cash the american league gabe kapler in the national league Rookie of the Year goes to Randy Rosarina in the American League and Jonathan India in the National League. So, what did you like? What didn't you like? What do you think, Z? Well, I was actually pretty surprised that Rosarina and Wander Franco didn't split the award and, you know, allowing Luis Garcia to take it home because... If you're looking at Franco's numbers, you're looking at 288, 739. Maybe pretty decent numbers. Rosa Reina, 274, 20, 69. Like very similar in that regard. Reina and Franco, both electric players in the right. And, I mean, Garcia, they just needed somebody to kind of round out the field, I think. Because you're looking at 11, 8, 348. Decent, solid, unspectacular. Um, as far as now, if you were going to tell me it was Dylan, I would have, you know, coin flipped that. That would be fine. Jonathan Indy is a fine choice. Trevor Rogers was the other guy that was rounding out the top three. Again, they just needed somebody. Seven and eight with a 2.64 ERA. Good peripheral numbers. But, you know, at that point, yeah, they were filling it out. Um, manager of the year. Ever, and the American League Manager of the Year is one consecutive years. So, I mean, at this point, this is like LeBron in the MVP. Like you, Kevin Cash, here because he's you're always not, you're going. not really you're not really comparing LeBron James to Kevin Cash, Z, are you? Well, I'm comparing for the simple fact that LeBron James can MVP. Not this year. Not this year, but, well, not this year right now. Give him time. But 
because he has so he has so little to work with in payroll and what yeah. they do in that organization. It is impressive. I mean, it, it's it's an impressive it's impressive every year. It is. Gabe Kapler, you know, the San Francisco Giants were really not supposed to do anything this year. No, so, we got them pegged for third, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, it was in a distant third to <laughs> at that. So for them to go from distant third projections to having the best record, <laughs> yeah, that, I gotta say, Gabe Kapler, you earned that one. Best you, record and franchise record it means. Yeah, very impressive. So, yeah, you know, very impressive. So you, you got that one. Congratulations, Gabe. Corbin Burns for Cy Young. No, sorry, Corbin. For me, that's Max Scherzer's award. You're keeping it warm for him. He not only did he went for from the Nationals to the. Yes, his arm went dead at the end of the year, but if you look at the numbers, they were phenomenal. Robbie Ray, I can't really argue with. Lance Lynn, fade stretch, and Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole shouldn't have been there to begin with in terms of, you know, just being on that list. So uh, he was there just to fill out, you know, just to fill out that third place vote. And it was funny because MLB Network had them on. had Lance Lynn. They had Robbie Ray. And... Because he knew he wasn't winning, so he didn't even bother to come on. That's where I that, those, those are my thoughts, and we'll see what happens because MVP still needs to be uh, discussed, and uh, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I, um, I mean, Gabe Kapler deserved it. I would have liked Dusty Baker. I know it's a regular season award. I thought Dusty did an amazing job with his team this year after losing Springer. Most of his players were hurt all year. No Verlander. Bregman was hurt. Altuve was hurt. And they managed to make the playoffs and get to the World Series. Very impressive. Um, And I'm with you on the NL Cy Young. I mean, yeah, Corbin Burns, 2.43 ERA. Uh, Scherzer, 2.46. You know, 236 strikeouts. He joined the 3,000 club this year, led the league with a .864 whip, and don't even get started on his running mate, Walker Bueller, 2.47 ERA, 212 strikeouts, best pitcher on on the Dodgers. Scherzer did it for two different teams. So, you know, I'm not going to get all, I'm not going to raise hell over it, but, you know, there were definitely good options out there. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information 
or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, you know the rules. We give a statement. If we agree with that statement, it is no shit. If we disagree with that statement, it is bullshit. Are you ready, D? Ready. Ready, Freddy. All right, bullshit or no shit, number one. It is good riddance for Noah Syndergaard for the New York Mets. <laughs> you know, I'm going to surprise you on this. I'm going to say it's bullshit. I... Listen, I know he just had Tommy John surgery, and, you know, he's an okay pitcher. But I really think he's going to do well for the Angels. I mean, they are paying him a lot of money. I think it's $21 million. Um, I didn't realize he he came to the Mets from Toronto in the R.A. Dickey deal. I didn't realize that. And the Travis don't know. Yeah, and, the, and Toronto was trying to get him back. They wanted him, too. Uh, and the Yankees were involved. The Red Sox were involved. There were a bunch of teams vying for him. Uh, he, he's a good. I think he's a good pitcher. I know. I know he. he you're kind of down on him the last couple of years, but I do think he's good. I think he's going to be missed. So I'm going to go bullshit. I'm going to go no shit on this. <laughs> just from Shocker. the simple fact. Yeah, I know you're shocked. Uh, Forty-seven and thirty-one career. Three-three-two ERA. Yeah, he's got a he's got a close to three ERA for his career. That's impressive for a power pitcher. He's a power pitcher. He's no finesse. It's easy to have that and keep it when you don't pitch. He is the he is the Christian McCaffrey of baseball. So if you look, I mean, look at the numbers. They're they're impressive somewhat, and then you have garbage. So that's it. That's another T-shirt. Impressive, somewhat. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if you're looking at like a four two eight ERA, two nine seven, one in a small sample size. There, only seven starts. Only pitched thirty in a third innings in 2017. He missed 20 2020. He's never thrown. I mean, he threw 197 innings in 2019. Respectable, but also that was his worst ERA year. The strikeouts, strikeouts are impressive. You got to do more than strike people out. And if you look at it, he had 194 hits given up in 197 and two thirds innings. 148 hits in 154 and a third. 188, 180. His best year was his rookie year. 126 hits allowed in 150 innings. For as hard as he throws, they can square him. And as far as health goes, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you $21 million for a team that's already strapped with pitching issues. I'm not giving you that money off of 
two innings. Two. Two. No. Absolutely not. Will he settle in behind Otani? Yeah, he will. But is that going to... Is that going to translate to success? Most likely, no. Uh, it's addition by subtraction in the Mets clubhouse, in my opinion. And this just put Steve Cohen to bring back Marcus Stroman. Because he actually delivered the goods. I was concerned about this year, but all in all, he performed as well as he could. And a better priority from the simple fact that your greatest ability is your availability, and Strowman's been there. Syndergaard has not been. Bullshit or no shit, number two. The Mets bring in Epler. It doesn't even matter. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say bullshit. I think it matters. I do think it matters. I really I'm not a big fan of this hire. I mean, it seems like he made a mess of the Angels, and he spent 12 years with the Yankees. I don't see what this guy's gonna do good for the Mets. Um, I would like I would like to see them go in a different direction. I'm gonna say no shit on this. Um. Yes, he extended Mike Trout. Yes, he was able to sign Shohei Otani. Yes, he was able to bring in Anthony Rendon. But in the six years that Billy Epler was the GM, I believe one time they were over 500. <laughs> one, one time. One time. That That's not good enough with the amount of talent amassed in that locker room with your Uptons and your Simmonses and then your Rendones and your Pools your Trouts your Otanis at one point you had Tyler Skaggs there before you know before he overdosed like the cup there was there were things in the cupboard and Billy Epler was never able to put together and get them over the hump. So he's coming to a situation where he's got a billionaire owner who's hungry to win a fan base. That's hungry to win. And a group of guys that are just not getting it done right now. It's a situation. So it gives me pause to think positive will come out of this because he's going into a similar situation to fix the rotation. He needs to fix the pitching staff. Can he do that? He did not demonstrate he could do it in Anaheim. This is going to be a big test. They brought him in because he was Brian Cashman's right-hand man. He was in New York. He knows what it takes to win in New York. Because he's seen Cashman do it. Now's the time for Billy Epler to prove that he's good enough.
You can find The Fade Route on Facebook now. Check out our Facebook page, The Fade Route with DNZ. It's a one-stop shop for everything we do. Content, link to The Fade Store, all of our episodes, you name it, it is there. The Fade Route with DNZ on Facebook. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. If you want to be involved in the process, go to our Twitter page at the end of the show. We will have our nominees up and... You can vote in our poll. Do you know who won last week, D? I do. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. That is right. We have a two-time, two-time award winner. And that is Captain COVID himself, Aaron Rodgers. Congratulations, sir. You take home the ass for last week. But who is going to take home the ass this week? Your nominees, D. Oh man, my first alleged superstar of the week is Mr. Kevin Durant. Seven point, seventeen points against the Warriors. They lost at home last night. Steph Curry outscored him with thirty-seven points and had a home crowd chanting MVP. That's what happens when you choose Brooklyn over Manhattan. Kevin Durant, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Second up is Jared Goff, the first former overall number one pick. 54 yards passing in the first half, seeking his first win of the season. Ties the Ben Roethlisberger-less Steelers. Jared Goff, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and certainly the least, Robert Sala. Going with veteran Joe Flacco this week to face the 30th ranked pass defense of the Dolphins. After you started Mike White against the number one defense in the league. Robert Sala, you were proving to be an alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? All good choices. All in my opinion. For me, number one, the Rams defense. Ollie. Ollie. You're supposed to be a fantasy team, right? You're a fa- you're a fantasy team in reality. With all those names. And you got the ball rammed down your throat. 44 times for 156 yards. The Niners hadn't won at home in a calendar year. Rams defense, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid. Crossing the Capitals, Martin February. Into the boards, out of frustration, in the cap 6-1 ass-kicking of the Penguins on Sunday. You could have got that kid seriously injured. And you walked away without a suspension, without a fine, without any discipline. Sidney Crosby, you are my superstar of the week. And last but not least, Tom Brady. What? Tom Brady. 23-34, two TDs two picks, a terrible performance against a football team 
no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. Throwing a pick, doubling over with your hands on your knees, not a good look. At least pretend like Teddy Bridgewater did. Pretend to go out there even if it was some Olay bullshit. Tom Brady, you are my alleged superstar of the week. You know our nominees, boys and girls. It is now time for you to go to our Twitter poll and vote accordingly. Do better, boys. Do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, is the option for week 11, ladies and gentlemen. How'd you do last week, brother? Awful. I think I went like five and nine. It was terrible. Well, it all depends on how we want to count the tie. Because I don't think yeah, I, really I, want to... I didn't count it at all, actually. Yeah. So if that was the case, I went six, seven, and one, counting the tie. So not great. We definitely have some room to improve. But guess what? So does every team in the NFL. This shit is wide open, boys and girls. On the bye this week, you have the Broncos and Rams. So adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. A Super Bowl rematch. The six and four Pats go into Atlanta to take on the four and five Falcons. Patriots, Patriots keep rolling. I think the Falcons are going to be without quarter all pass. At least that's what it looks like right now. This is going to be a whooping. The Patriots, all cylinders right now. The Falcons have no defense to speak of. A short week after getting blown out by forty. Not good for the Falcons. Pats take this one handily. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The 5-4 Saints go into Philly to take on the 4-6 Eagle. Mm, tough one, but I'm going to take the Eagles. This all, to me, this hedges upon whether or not Alvin Kamara is healthy. Oh, yeah. So... That he's the X factor, as we know. I am going to take the Saints because I like how Marcus Simeon's delivering the ball, and if Alvin Kamara is healthy, he can take the Saints close. The three and seven Dolphins at the two and seven Jets. Yeah, uh, 
I'm going with the Dolphins all the way. Now, this might sound really bad, but J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Jets are going to pull this off this week and totally fuck with everybody. We're going to start off the show next week with that little clip of you picking them and chanting that. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Snapboy, if you recorded that, that's how we're starting the show next week. We're going to speak it into existence. That's what's going to happen because at this point, it's complete and utter chaos. That is what I expect out of Florida Park to get. And you know what? It's just crazy enough that it could happen. In six, Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm gonna take Washington. As much as I love Cam, I think uh, I think they'll win. I think Washington will win this game, especially after coming off of beating the Bucks. This is tough because you have you're missing your two best pass rushers, pass rushers allegedly, anyway. But um, yeah. I think Taylor Heineke is better than Cam Newton is right now. Even with the shot in the arm of last week. I like Gibson. I like McLaurin. I like the offensive weapons. Washington's going to take this one. The 5-5 five and five Colts at the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills. I'm going to surprise you. I'm taking the Colts in this game because I really Really? I just believe in them. I believe in what they got going on. I'm taking the Colts. Well, Colts are surging. John Taylor is proving to be rushing. Yes, but you know that's kind of like a big asterisk because of the Derrick Henry injury. But you gotta, you know, he's there. But would he be there if King Henry was healthy? He'd be up there, but I don't know if he would be at the top. I'm gonna take the Bills. I think the defense will do enough to stifle Carson Wentz and their offense. You know, their offense is good enough to, to play with this team. So, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Buffalo by touchdown. The 0-8-1 Lions at the Cleveland Browns. Do they get their first win this week? Negative Browns. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be a terrible, terrible matchup. Goff might not play. Baker Mayfield might not play. If it's if it's down to Case Keenum, he actually runs that offense better, more professionally than Baker Mayfield. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Browns too. Browns by a field goal. The four and five 49ers at the two and seven Jaguars. I picked up the 49ers for my fantasy defense this weekend, so I'm taking the 49ers. You got to like what you saw from San Francisco. The only thing that gives me pause is that they are traveling to the East Coast. But Duval. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to Duval right now that makes you think that this is going to be a, anything other than an ass whooping. I'm going to take the Niners. They're going to run it down their throats too. The 1-8 Texans at the 8-2 and two Titans. Speaking of ass whoopings. Touchdown, Titans. Going with the Titans. Big day for Adrian Peterson. You heard it here first. Titans go to 9-2 and two pretty handily. And the Texans get ready for Zach Wilson. 
eight and two Packers at the four and five Vikings. Taking the Vikings, Vikings getting healthy. They have Peterson back. They're getting their safety Smith back, and the game's in Minnesota. Rogers battling a Rogers battling a toe injury. Rogers battling a toe injury, and then you also have Whitney Merlis with his biceps. He's out for the year. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to miss this game, so it's going to be a heavy dose of AJ Dillon. Which I'm starting on my fantasy team. There you go. Start accordingly, boys and girls. You heard it here. I, I think they'll be able to hold off the Vikings, even though the Vikings are getting healthy. The six and three Ravens at the three and six Chicago Bears. Ravens, even though I was tempted to take the Bears. They're coming off that loss to the Dolphins. That was embarrassing. I think the Ravens get right. And the Bears still flounder. Four o'clock. We are in the four o'clock hour now. The five and four Bengals at the five and four Raiders. Bengals. The Raiders have looked like absolute dog shit the past two weeks. Started by the New York football giants. Thank you very much. I'm going to take the Bengals too. I don't think they have an answer for Burrow to chase. The eight and two Cardinals at the three and six Seahawks. Cards. Even with all the injuries. Yeah, I think I think they. I, I just don't like the Seahawks right now. It's tough. Like, if I was a man, I would pick a tie. <laughs> I mean, if, if you know, <laughs> why not? Why not at this point? Um, I'm gonna take the Cardinals because they have. They have more talent, and talent should win all and should trump all. But yeah, I, I just have a bad feeling about this game. It just—I wouldn't touch this game if I wasn't doing it for the show. We do it for you, the people. The seven and two Cowboys at the six and four Chiefs. Yeah, um, taking the Cowboys. This is hard. This is definitely hard because you have Mr. Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, and I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get to know him this week. I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. It's not gonna it's not gonna be pretty. The Sunday special. You're looking at the five, three, and one Steelers at the Chargers. No, I, I Mason Rudolph is in this week, so that means everybody takes a hit. So Chargers, not not particularly close, and yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Monday night, the three and six Giants at the six and three Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. This could be. A very dangerous game. Giants played them tough last year. They were one play away from victory. A pissed off Tom Brady in the regular season is not something I want to go up against. I'm going to take the Bucks as well. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. 
Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.